Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or it's 2 a.m. Good this is the guys on Takai, Amigo Falcon. So, a couple of announcements, all right? We've been gone for a bit. Why have we been gone for a bit? It has not been because work kept getting in the way. Although work did accidentally get in the way. No, it's actually because of our current hosting provider. We have been struggling to get episodes uploaded for the past couple of weeks. And it has been driving us nuts over here. I swear, every time we upload something, we have gotten a different error every time as to why. And we've been going back and forth with, with Anchor support as to why it's going on. They are very nice and very helpful, but the problem just keeps persisting. So we're kind of, we're actually recording this really late. We're actually recording this partway into the new news week, but with old news. So, you know, there is that. We're, this is, we're only covering up to Computex. The Apple stuff, the, the Twitch stuff that recently happened, that will be the next episode. We are focusing strictly on the previous week and a little bit of the highlights from the stuff that we missed before. I've got a lot to talk about, but we may be looking at switching podcasting platforms. We're kind of putting our, our, our arms out there. Worst case scenario at this point with how fed up I am with uh, the situation, we might just become a YouTube only podcast for a little bit while we find a, a new uh, podcasting platform. Cause like the metrics are showing us that we're basically a dead podcast. Like we, we, we somehow went from hundreds of views to like five, according to the metrics, which doesn't make sense. Cause I get more contacts than five based on episodes. So it's very bizarre. I am not thrilled at all. And I actually already am in talks with uh, one guy. So who knows? I'll be updating more hopefully soon. But for now, let's talk Computex. But before we even get to Computex, we need to talk about this wonderful little story of panic that millions of PC motherboards were sold with a firmware backdoor. Oh my God. Apparently there was a hidden code in hundreds upon hundreds of gigabyte motherboards invisibly and insecurely downloading programs, a feature ripe for abuse. So you have me torn in this, all right? Because on one hand, yikes, that actually is super, super concerning and super, um, nope. I think that's the best way to phrase it. Like, it's going to be hard to recommend a, a gigabyte motherboard for a bit, that's for sure. Heck, you're running out of motherboard manufacturers at this point. Gigabyte and thus Aurorus are now off the table because, well, there could be a hidden bootloader in it, which may or may not be just some wonky little updater code or an actual legitimate backdoor or someone just being paranoid. It could be, this could be anywhere from a huge deal to the most unfilling nothing burger that ever existed. There is like almost no in-between in this regard. But if you're playing it safe, Gigabyte's now out. You can't go to Asus right now because holy cow, they have no idea how to PR to save their lives. And also, by the way, are putting resistors on backwards. Or was it MOSFETs they were putting on backwards? I can't remember what they were putting on backwards that started to cause sparks, shorts, and kills. And then with their RMA department just being, being like, I don't know, just don't suck, lol. 
and being about as helpful as Newegg was during the, uh, the RMA scandal. So who does that leave you with? MSI? I guess EVGA as well. They're still around. Just in the motherboard department. I guess that's about it for like mainstream like motherboard manufacturers. I'd say ASRock, but aren't they, are they not a division of Asus? But what about Aurorus? Again, Aurorus, part of Gigabyte. I don't know what it is about the quality control as of late when it comes to PC building motherboards, but holy cow, the quality has fallen through the floor while the price has gone through the roof. And just on that ground alone, I would just say, why take the chance with Gigabyte? Why take the chance with Asus? It's insane what's going on right now. And I don't envy anyone trying to go ahead and build a PC for the first time. Cause there's, it's a lot to keep in mind. First off, now you gotta understand the numbering scheme for GPUs. <laughs> Good luck with that. You gotta try and figure out which GPUs are rip off and which one isn't. Which if you're going to Nvidia, by the way, um, good luck. That's all I can say. Cause oh, so far every single brand new Nvidia GPU has been just one big fat L. We'll get to that more later on. I actually believe we do have to cover the new Nvidia GPU in this too. And the absolute uh, mess that was. That wasn't it Gigabyte that also had the, um, the popcorn power supply and just like dragged their feet on that too? Man. Yeah, avoiding Gigabyte and Asus just seems like the wisest decision you can make right now if you're building a PC. Ugh, it is infuriating. Amazon got a nice little slap on the wrist as they had to pay a grand total of $25 million over child privacy violations in regards to the Amazon smart speaker known as Echo. Okay, raise your hand. Who is surprised by this? Actually, here's the better question. Raise your hand if you're annoyed you didn't see this coming first. That's where I'm at right now. I, fe I feel like I'm kicking myself. I should have seen, anyone should have seen this coming a mile away. This should have been the easiest corporate fine scandal to have predicted in the world. But I mean, now that we're right here and just talking about brainless, um, scandal finds uh next one google uh google is next followed by apple i, I i'm really just ashamed i didn't think of this first because this this feels like the biggest no-brainer ever doesn't it huh you know what else is the biggest no-brainer ever that whole blue verification checkmark thing in gmail that was supposed to oh by the way i actually should say since someone mentioned it in chat yeah no um this this is not very much money at all this 25 million for the Amazon division. Actually, no, I would say 25 million for the Amazon division would be the cost of, uh, would, would be, uh, I would say would be the cost of doing business. But the, the Amazon smart speaker assistant known as the Echo division, I'm trying to figure out how to like phrase this in a way so that everyone's thing doesn't get set off by saying Alexa. They've gutted that department so much now that it's like, the cost of doing business what business the whole amazon smart speaker echo division is basically in a holding pattern it's just there and on certain devices you can kind of feel the lack of updates and caring like there's quite a few times with um like just first off the audio quality out of my one uh 
dot that I use for streaming, the volume control is, the volume consistency from app to app is very inconsistent as of late. And then on top of that, there's just certain blatant, like, upselling and vi and what I would argue would be violations of the terms of service. The biggest one actually being being the, and people the stream at twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon know this very well. The constant trying to, first off, upsell you right away with the, with the Akinator application, where it tries to upsell you immediately upon opening with like, I even forgot what the cost is, like a $5 package. When, why am I gonna pay five bucks for your voice app when your voice app crashes regularly? And then afterwards, brings you into another random app without your consent. Like, come on. It's very clear the Amazon uh, smart speaker echo division just doesn't care about enforcing their own marketplace anymore, which I'm kind of disappointed by. But then again, this, you want to talk about a company that just abandons platforms and just does the bare minimum more than Google? It's Amazon. It really is. But back to Google and the blue checkmark verification. Gmail rolled out blue verification checkmarks. And the whole point of this was to verify emails that they are in fact from who they say they are, that there's no spoofing going on. So if you were to get an email from say, your totally real bank at realbank.com, and it actually is your real bank, it would have a checkmark next to it so that totally your bank at realbank.ru can't try to trick you into thinking that they're your real bank and you just gave all of your bank info to Russia. That's the whole point of the checkmark system, okay? You know, it's a decent idea, right? Chat actually mentioned this before I even had a chance to, that scammers are gonna find a way to spoof this checkmark. I mean, I have to give them credit. They said it before I could. And guess what? They were right. I was right. Anyone who thought about it for more than 30 seconds was right. Lo and behold, Gmail gets blue figuration marks and they have been spoofed. I just realized I have an old article about it. Nope, there's my correct article. All right, are we really surprised? Is anyone surprised? No, you're not surprised. I'm not surprised. It's just once again, more proof that yes, in fact, believe it or not, we still cannot have nice things. In the end, the easiest way to guarantee and to prevent, well, not to guarantee, but to prevent any kind of exploits, we'll just, we'll refer to that as exploits or falling for any sort of scam, is in fact to ask questions and look for details. The devil is always in the details. Double check the email address that it's coming from. If you see anything weird, don't trust. If there's anything that just seems bizarre, even if it's 100% legit, just call your bank. Easiest thing to do. Like, let's say if we, let's say if, uh, for example, we energies, I get this all the time. And in fact, this actually has tricked my secretary at work quite a few times. Supposedly, we, we energies calls says that we're behind our bill and they will shut down our power in one hour if we don't pay immediately. By the way, no, no, they won't. The power company has said multiple times they will always give seven days notice. 
And then second, the easiest thing to do then is go online and check your account. See if there actually was a billing problem and just up the auto ding didn't go through. All right, let's quickly fix that. And then bing, bang, boom, you're done. GG. Easy. <sighs> that is always the best advice you can give anyone when dealing with scammers. Ask questions. Ask a lot of questions, regardless of what it is. Just like you should ask this question. What made the EU decide, man, we need to put regulatory framework on cryptocurrency? I mean, I can see why. The entire cryptocurrency market has just been untouched for far too long and is just ripe with massive amounts of fraud to the point where it's just basically untrustworthy. Here's what's amazing to me. The day and the day after that the EU has passed this regulatory framework for cryptocurrency, do you know what the crypto market did? Because you're thinking, oh man, it tanked. Oh, it must have went way down. Oh, those crypto bros must have been suffering. No. Oh, well, then it must have went way up because those guys got validation that their cryptocurrency is now valid because the EU is putting in a regulatory framework so it's more accepted. No, it stayed the same. It just sat there. It's actually kind of interesting. They just didn't care, which I'd say that does speak volumes and i do mean volumes about what is going to is how effective this this crypto framework actually is that even the crypto bros themselves just don't care now part of this is the fact that actually all crypto tracking is now required all crypto transactions must be monitored by the eu and its councils uh, good luck with that and any kind of money laundering is expressly prohibited. This means that such uh, criminal tools like Tornado Cash, a tool that is for the crypto market where you just put in your cryptocurrency and then it just tumbles around like a giant uh, washing machine and then spits it out to a whole bunch of other wallets so that the money ends up becoming virtually untraceable is now straight up illegal. Like it probably should have been because that's one of the only use cases for a service like Tornado Cash. It was to cover your criminal tracks. So we'll see how this is going to go. These were, are all going to go ahead and take an effect in 2026. So realistically, that most likely is the real reason why no one is really going to uh, care right now about the crypto market. In other kind of lol what news, Twitter has pulled out of the EU disinformation code this means that the eu's fight for disinformation twitter is no longer assisting in now you see i have mixed feelings about this whole thing because first off any sort of governmental body saying what is and isn't disinformation automatically has me raise a brow just because that very quickly starts controlling the flow of information and i'm not a fan of the control of control the flow of information never have been never will be on the other hand are we really surprised that Twitter went ahead and did this? And for that fact, what changes? Well, apparently, according to the EU, the obligations do remain and that if Twitter does not return to actually fight disinformation, they may in fact just receive fines because of course they will or potentially just be banned. You know what? Um... 
I'm gonna go get some popcorn. I don't know how it's gonna go. But I feel like this fight between Twitter and the EU disinformation code is gonna be one that I'm going to need some popcorn for. But of course, this is starting to get a bit too uh, high up in, in the governmental sector for our tastes, right? We need something that's a bit more down to earth, something that affects you directly, because who cares about the EU disinformation code? It's just a weird wacko story. How about the fact that Netflix is saying, no, no, if you want to go and share passwords, you're not going to get Netflix. Nyeh. And that's what happened. If your account is sharing a password with someone that is not in the household, it means that there will be an $8 fee for each extra user. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't know if this has happened yet. All right. I don't know how they're detecting this, and I'm pretty sure Netflix doesn't want anyone to know how they're detecting this. I assume they are detecting if someone is in the household or not via IPs, okay? Right now, VPNs are all the rage, okay? What happens if the entire household is using several different VPNs that they have their own special flavor of VPN that they prefer when watching Netflix, and they all connect to Netflix with, um, let's say, Let's say three different devices, all right? The head to the household ch chilling in bed watching something on Netflix. And then each of the two kids watching something on their phone. But the dad is paranoid and all the, all, everything has a VPN on it, all right? It's actually a very plausible situation. All of them have different IPs. Does that mean they get hit with 16 extra dollars? I'm actually curious. Has there been any false additional fees due to VPNs or something else of the like. See, you're curious about this too now. I guarantee it. Like we, we expected this to happen from Netflix for a while, okay? We knew it was coming. We smelled it coming. They have been threatening to do this. They have been teasing about doing this for a while. We knew this was coming. This is not a surprise. Like we're dis I, you know how I say we're, I'm shocked, but not surprised. This is, I'm disappointed, but not shocked or surprised. I'm just disappointed. And I say this to someone who benefits from password sharing exactly not at all. So you got another thing I'm actually disappointed in. At the time of recording this, the, um, the push to change Discord usernames has started to go out. All right. I got lucky and I actually kept mine just Eagle Falcon. I have that locked in now. No one can take that. There, I, I guarantee you, there are tons that are now losing theirs. Although if you want to see something really weird, here's one for you. If your Discord is in streamer mode, meaning that you have OBS open and you look at Discord, anyone who has already switched to the new naming system, this is on by default, by the way, their names are shortened to just the first letter with three dots after it. <laughs> they also may in fact keep their normal name in that, in this, if they chose a custom nickname for that server. But I'll tell you what, not knowing that, that was a massive, massive bit of confusion. Like, holy cow, that was crazy.
So Discord users, make sure you refresh your, your client. You should be able to update your Discord name very, very soon. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, I want to talk about Nintendo and how they straight up went right after Valve. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so Dolphin Emulator. Dolphin is actually a very highly sought after Nintendo game emulator. It emulates GameCube and Wii games extremely well. And I want to say the Dolphin Emulator can cover quite a few other Nintendo emulators as well. And it was about to get a Steam release, which was huge, actually. You never see an emulator get a Steam release. Now, the thing is, is that generally, for the most part, generally, you see emulators are legal, but the ROMs you play on the emulators may not be. It's why the whole area of, of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Where the legal gray area is, is so strange for emulation. Because you do need to actually own the physical game in order to own a software copy of the ROM. Because otherwise, you got the software without ever purchasing the game and no proof that you purchased the game ever. You have pirated it. Nintendo, however, sees all forms of emulation as a sin against God and must be smitten off the earth. And so Nintendo has filed a copyright claim against Steam to remove the Dolphin emulator. And in fact, Dolphin emulation has said that the Steam release is indefinitely postponed. Now, here's what's interesting. Originally, and this is where things get juicy, Originally, it was thought that Nintendo contacted Valve regarding this release and said it must stop, which, granted, is the exact order you would assume this would go in. It was not how it went at all. It was Valve that notified Nintendo first. This is very interesting and very concerning all at the same time. So this just means that this is where Valve draws the line. They want no part of emulation. They want nothing to do with any of this. Emulators in any way, shape or form, if it has to do with Nintendo, they will be going out of their way to make sure it does not end up on Steam. That's the message that's being sent with this, and it's disheartening, to say the least. Especially since, like I said, there is nothing illegal about the emulator itself. It is the ROMs that has the air of legality problems to it. But of course, Nintendo would much rather just take great and fantastic draconian measures to make sure that only Nintendo can go ahead and have control over how you play Nintendo products, even if you went ahead and have hardware, even if you'd rather consolidate your devices and only take a Steam Deck with you that you went ahead and souped up and all that and don't want to carry a Steam Deck and a Switch 
and a whatever the heck the the PlayStation 5 may or may not be a portable gaming device project dingus or whatever the heck it's called with you. And it's disappointing. It really, really is. But hey, it's Nintendo's little walled garden and we just get to live in it, right? Granted, you can still get the Dolphin emulator on your uh, Steam Deck, but you're gonna have to jump through some hoops. It's now gonna take some effort. It's no longer as easy as just going to the Steam store and getting the Dolphin emulator from there and bing, bang, boom, done, you're done, GG. Now here's what I wanna know. Is it possible that in fact, maybe the reason Valve was willing to go straight to Nintendo with this is because Nintendo plans on releasing virtual consoles on the Steam Deck. No, no way. That's asking too much. You, you, th you think that's a bridge too far? It might not be. The possibility is definitely there, but um, just, just, just don't huff too much of that hopium there. <sighs> but what can you do? What can you do? Speaking of that weird so Sony project, whatever the heck it was called, let's actually talk about the Sony project, whatever the heck it was called, because I completely forgot that the next story in the queue was in fact Project Q. So regrettably, I did not cover at all the Sony state of play. And it's unfortunate because the number of games that were that were shown off there were just kind of mid. It was just kind of, eh, there's a few interesting ones. It's just, okay, eh, I guess it's cool, kind of whatever. But they also announced new hardware. They announced Project Q, a very strange tablet with what appears to be the Sony controller split in half and mounted on two sides of an iPad mini. But here's the weird thing about it. It's basically a local gaming streaming device, as in it will let you stream your local games and pretty much nothing else. Um, I have a question. Why? Like a lot of people are comparing it to the Wii U. I'll admit I didn't mess a whole lot with the Wii U. Did the Wii U let you play Wii U games on the tablet only? Because I could have swore the whole point of the Wii U was in fact to use the touchscreen to interact with the game. Like there was a there was a Mario game in which uh, it could be up to a four player co-op, but there could be a fifth player just using the tablets to uh, place platforms or grief, but everyone just griefed, just put up like a wall or just disappeared platforms just to mess with people. Like I thought the Wii U like tablet controller actually was to be a tablet controller. I don't think this actually is being a tablet controller. I'm pretty sure it's just being like that weird a Logitech game streaming device that you can only use on Wi-Fi and only with your PS5. But in the end, I guess we'll just have to see what it does in the end. Now, the price is kind of, I don't, did they actually announce a price there? I don't think they actually announced a price yet. Zone in chat says the Wii U did have cross functionality like that, like you're thinking, but in very few games, that's probably why it did so poorly. But the, uh, so those who actually did have a, have a Wii U, could you play games on just the tablet controller? But like take the tablet controller anywhere within your house, as long as it was on Wi-Fi. So like, let's pretend Animal Crossing had a Wii U release. I actually don't know what was all on the Wii U other than that one Mario game. Like, could you play Animal Crossing on just the controller pad, but anywhere in the house? 
okay, you could, but only within the Wii U. Okay, so it does have one thing above the Wii U. Oof, that's awful. No wonder the Wii U failed. The Wii U was ahead of its time, but uh, it it wasn't ready. It was like a rock. It, it was like a cake you took out of the oven and it was raw. Ugh. That's... Whoops. So we got that from Sony. But we did get a few other gaming releases. First off, I want to talk about the AMD Radeon RX 7600. All right. This is a brand new GPU that was released. And this is supposed to be a 1080p gaming card at 270. All right. For that price, it's not bad. You know, it's an excellent card at, you know, basic 1080p, 60 frames per second. For once, a card that's like actually affordable by the masses and overall just fine. But it's hard to talk about this card without talking about NVIDIA. Because at the same time, NVIDIA launched the RTX 4060 Ti. Now, here's what you have to realize, all right? Normally at Computex, you get these GPU releases. Let's see if you notice what happened, all right? NVIDIA announces a week before Computex what they plan on doing for the RTX 4060 Ti. They're going to release three cards. They're going to have an RTX 4060, an RTX 4060 Ti, and an RTX 4060 Ti. The two differences between the two RTX 4060 Ti's is going to be 8 gigabytes of RAM and 16 gigabytes of RAM. For 8 gigabytes of RAM, it would be 399. For 16 gigabytes of RAM, it would be 499. RAM is not $100, by the way. Or 8, gigs or 8 gigs of GDDR6 RAM that they're using on that card is not $100. It is not even close to $100. That is called price gouging. But, you know, it puts that 4060 Ti in a... It's within reach of people. If they get on their tippy toes, they might be able to reach it. But they announced they were going to release that three days before the start of Computex. All of a sudden then, with that announcement, according to Gamers Nexus and basically every other tech reviewer out there, very suddenly, AMD changes the release date of the RX 7600 and the price... To, sh to the day after the RTX 4060 Ti comes out. So now all of a sudden, these two GPUs launch before Computex. Keep in mind, GPU you usually see GPU launches at Computex. It's kind of what it's known for, for people who are not into weird tech. So what happened? NVIDIA happened. Here is my theory, okay? I think NVIDIA planned this all out because NVIDIA had plenty to talk about at Computex AMD and Intel had nothing. Intel had a few, well, we're working on this, that, and the other thing. Uh, we, we have uh, a new GPUs coming out soon. I think in, Intel just, they weren't affected by this at all. They just had nothing ready for Computex. Because they're looking at the results of Alchemist and then just now pulling the trigger on saying, yeah, we're going to move forward with Battle Mage and Celestial, the two next generation Intel Arc GPUs. Which, by the way, those... uh. Those Intel Arc Alchemist cards, they're looking like actual, like, usable buys now. Like, I feel confident in what I'm seeing in their support for current and past games and their performance of saying, yeah, if you're looking to build a budget system, I'd say the Intel Arc cards are all on the table. I just wouldn't get one for the AV1 
encoder because, uh, well, YouTube doesn't support that particular AV1 encoder yet, and Twitch... Twitch won't support any AV1 encoder, and I really wish they would, because, man, that'd be nice. I would love to throw an AV1 ca compatible card in basically a bread box and just say, bam, streaming computer. Done. Uh, what can you do? What can you do? But I think from an AMD versus NVIDIA standpoint, I think NVIDIA calculated this. I think they intentionally moved up everything, caught AMD off guard, had AMD just basically end up non-existent at Computex because AMD figured they had to release something immediately after NVIDIA did, so that NVIDIA couldn't just absorb all the oxygen in the room, especially since AMD actually had something that was price competitive. Granted, they had to drop the price at the very last second, but NVIDIA at the same time, they look like absolute fools. Because the RTX 4060 Ti comes out, its performance shows that it's not much better than what it's replacing. And the new RTX 4060 Ti for $400 is on par with the 3070 it's shoving out. Performance-wise, it's slightly better and sometimes worse than the 3070. It has less video memory. It has less video memory bandwidth and doesn't even give you a price deduction. If you're just talking about the 60 Ti series to the 60 Ti series, this is a price increase. This is how brazen Nvidia is now. They simply don't care at all. They just absolutely don't care about the customer. If you are a gamer and you thought that Nvidia making all these cool gaming cards meant that they actually cared about you, they clearly don't. They would rather just kick you in the nuts if they could get five bucks out of it. Because that's what this is. It's a kick in the nuts. And guess what? Nobody's buying the kick in the nuts. Surprise! Who would have thought? <sighs> but this is all GeForce is now. GeForce is just, we're making cards. They are getting better. They are, they're putting effort into them. But they're pricing them to the point where they're just being arrogant about it now. They're being blatantly greedy. And the best part is, from what we saw at Computex, they don't care. This GPU can tank for all it matters. Fine, the few that are on the shelves will just stay on the cell on the shelves. It doesn't matter. The few that are buying them at the stupid, stupidly high marked up prices are doing great for Nvidia. They're not doing good for the board end partners because they're paying the absorb the stupid high prices anyway. So who cares? And it clearly doesn't show in their market value. Nvidia reached one trillion dollars in evaluation they are a titan now in the chip manufacturing space why a i they are making money hand over fist making specifically a i gpu compute units people were predicting that the ai train was going to do great for nvidia and it was gonna do it to the point where there'd be no consumer GPUs. That's not the case. No, 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 no. There are still plenty of consumer GPUs out there, but Nvidia now is so cash hungry that they're just like, yeah, we're just gonna mark up all the consumer GPUs. And if you don't buy them, fine. That's just more GPUs we're gonna turn into the A100 or whatever the heck the, the new naming scheme is for the formerly known as Tesla cards. Seriously, why did NVIDIA get rid of the Quadro and Tesla naming scheme? What the heck? It's so 
bloody stupid. It made sense. Oh, but God forbid NVIDIA makes any sense anymore, right? Just go ahead and just do whatever, lol. <sighs> but of course, that's what it's come down to. NVIDIA just cares only about AI. And if you want their wonderful cards, you are going to pay for the nose and you're going to like it. <sighs> it's a real shame. And I'd say and AMD has got to save us, but I, I lost faith in that after the $1,000 7900 XTX. Absolutely abysmal freaking card that was for its price. One giant batch of who cares there. But NVIDIA is showing how AI can help in the gaming space. Trying to go ahead and actually introduce AI-powered NPCs using the NVIDIA Avatar Cloud Engine, which is one of the things they actually showed off at Computex. An AI model foundry service that transforms games and brings intelligence to non-playable characters. Look, I have seen how ChatGPT can go off the rails. I have no confidence in this. But this was kind of a thing I was talking about when um, Square was going off the deep end. When they were talking, when their CEO was talking about, oh man, we need to get in on NFT games and crypto and AI, man. This is all the hot stuff. Oh man, you have no idea. This is the cool stuff. And, I, and my point was that, first off, no, <laughs> you do not need to get into NFT gaming. NFT gaming is an absolute grift and nobody wants this. Absolutely not under no circumstances does anyone want it. Same thing with crypto gaming. It's also a huge grift and a Ponzi scheme. Play to earn a massive Ponzi scheme. No one should take it. No one should get into it. It is just going to be an absolute nightmare for all involved. But I said AI from the point of view of Square could be extremely interesting from a storytelling point of view. From the thought of some of some iconic characters from Final Fantasy games reacting very, very differently depending on how you behave as the character, which could make for some very interesting gameplay and some incredible replayability on, let's be honest, on a lot of RPG games, you're usually only playing them once for the most part. If it's a really good one, you'll play it a second time, try different things with the builds and maybe even do it a third time and do something silly. But for the most part, you're only gonna experience the story once AI could drastically change that it could very quickly turn something like a Final Fantasy into something more akin to a D&D tabletop game where the game does react to what you do. That's what Nvidia is trying to show off here very, very poorly. <laughs> the potential is there, but we're not there yet. But it is a space that we should keep a very very close eye on so it could be incredibly interesting let's talk about grace hopper because like i said nvidia came ready to play with ai and one of the things they're actually doing is the arm powered grace hopper cpu yes it is an arm based cpu specifically for ai and it can reach one Exaflop. You want to know how NVIDIA is making money hand over fist? This is how. Right here. The data center. NVIDIA is very quickly becoming a data center company. They are taking over the role 
that Intel used to have. And Intel is losing the data center battle because Xeon has fallen behind. AMD is starting to take that spot, but with the data center now focusing heavily right now on large language models, they want these kinds of high-end ARM-based and GPU-based chips to do all this AI computation. And quite frankly, the power that Grace Hopper has is insane. There's no other way to say it. It is absolutely bat squeak insane what Grace Hopper can do. And it is going to be something to keep in mind as the data center space and as we see NVIDIA just migrate away from the gaming space and more towards just not caring at all about pretty much any consumer at all. That being said, though, the uh, presentation that, that NVIDIA had over at um, Computex was super awkward. Like, um, everyone's trying to be Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs knew how to be a presenter, okay? He did magic on those keynotes. These other guys are not Steve Jobs, and it's painfully obvious. And quite frankly, I wish they'd stop. I really do. I also wish I had more time in my own personal life to do more videos on it because there, there they are ripe for riffing and all of the terrible things they do. He even got uh, a little upset about the fact that the sales uh, regarding the, uh, the 4060 Ti were doing so poorly. Gee, I wonder why they're doing so poorly. Could it be the fact that um, there's no value at all? It's in fact just a middle finger on a shelf. I know I said that already, but I'm just saying. We're going to take a break here when we come back. I want to talk more about the various chips and such that are that were announced over at Computex and get into some more of the weird stuff. We will be back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. I was just saying, but in the break, that um, I'm working on a laptop right now, and I'm like, watch, it's gonna get out of the waiting a few minutes the moment I start start the uh, bumper music for the next segment. Sure enough, it did exactly that. Like, exactly that. <laughs> amazing. Simply amazing. The battery's almost dead too, so I'm gonna have to like, what's it got? Hour and five minutes left. Ah, <sighs> eh, well, it's probably gonna be one I have to set up in like the closet or something to download updates and whatnot overnight. Anyway, let's actually get to the current news or rather, you know what I mean? There was actually some news from Intel. Like I said, they are going to, in fact, be working on matching TSMC for transistor density later this year. And in fact, be taking up more and more chip production in their fabs and potentially beating TSMC, according to their very, very optimistic words. <laughs> I, look, we'll see how things go. Granted, we need more than just TM. TSMC cannot be the only manufacturer for all things silicon in the world. They just simply can't. It can't just be, oh, hey, if you want the latest and greatest in chip manufacturing, you go to TSMC. If you want to suck, 
you go to anywhere else. So, you know, there's that. Intel also demoed Stable Diffusion running on one of their AI-accelerated CPUs, codename Meteor Lake. Meteor Lake is supposed to be having some AI-based uh, de dedicated uh, cores on each CPU specifically for these kind of applications. You're going to be seeing this a lot in there. All right, Ch Chad actually did, did come up with another one. Samsung. Samsung's also another one that's like actually really good at what they do. Although it definitely didn't feel like it with the 30 series. Ooh, man. You want to talk about a GPU, GPU tier that was just um, cursed? The RTX 30 series. <sighs> Feels bad, man. But Intel has demoed Stable Diffusion running locally on its new Meteor Lake CPU and more importantly, on its mobile version of Meteor Lake. This actually is, this is good. This is really good. I am always gonna be a fan, as interesting as the data center is, as much as I enjoy having my own personal cloud, as much as I enjoy going ahead and sending off work to my render server over in the kitchen and the concept of cloud computing, how interesting it is, I am one that is all in favor of local control. Because in the end, if, a, if any cloud service vanishes, that's it, it's gone. You're never gonna see it again. It is gone forever. So if the cloud services of Stable Diffusion vanish, well, that's it. That kind of AI image generation is now gone forever. But that being said, I'm still gonna go ahead and look at the Intel Ponte Vecchio dedicated AI system that has eight of these compute nodes on a single server board and still go, Okay, that's pretty cool. That is comical overkill, an insane amount of compute on one board, and where can I get one? <laughs> I'm just saying. That thing has got to sound like an absolute banshee. That thing is just going to scream to get all the air it can through those CPUs. You know, this is the kind of thing you see at Computex, these crazy high-end CPUs and crazy high-end data center systems that... um for the right customer, they do wonders. For the most of us, it's just, that looks crazy, man. And that's why I love Computex, even though it's like, it's not a market for me because I do not have a six figure budget for these crazy data center stuff, nor a use case for them. It's just cool to see what they come up with. Just like ARM went ahead and came up with a new 14 core architecture. This is gonna be the Cortex X4 ARM CPU that's going to be coming out in 2024. It is going to be 20% more power efficient compared to the previous gen. It is going to have a supposed wider range of use cases for whatever reason. 22% more power efficiency compared to the Cortex A510. I don't know what any of that means. It's, it's going to be harder, better, faster, stronger. All right, we could go through all these slides, all these ARM slides here and just go like, oh my God, it's gonna be 15% more performance with 40% less power. That actually was an easy one to understand or increased performance at same power as A715, whatever that is and system level efficiency gains. And it does all the thing. It does all the thing better. -er -er. 
it's basically just a bunch of slides saying it is more power efficient and more powerful. Oh, <laughs> uh, aren't, aren't these kind of slides just great? No, no, they're not. What is interesting though, is something that Asus showed off. And this actually could be, even though I have very little faith in Asus right now, this could be the thing that goes ahead and actually does a lot of good for the PC building market. It gets rid of the 12 volt high power connector. In fact, it gets rid of all the cables for your high-end GPU. How? It takes a page out of Apple's playbook. It has a smaller connector further down on the PCI Express slot, almost like a second PCI Express connector, and it gets the extra power through that through specific boards. I have never loved and hated something so much in all my life. So this means that if you didn't want to deal with all the power connectors, if you didn't want to deal with the risk of not plugging in the 12 volt high power connector in wrong and start a fire, this would avoid that. If you're looking for a way to help increase the stability of your GPU, this would do that because that's another point of contact with the board and the card. Although I would still recommend having some other method of anti-sag, which I hate the fact that this is the world I live in now. <sighs> that being said though, the data center we solved this long ago. Data, I'm, I'm not even kidding. In the workstation and data center market, there is a slot in the back of the GPU cage area where workstation GPUs will just slot in and it has a rear brace that holds them in place. No sag, ever. Just do that. But then again, that means that NVIDIA couldn't have their comically huge, huge oversized cards that don't fit into most cases. So I mean like, this connector is a good idea, but at the same time, I hate that it's proprietary. That means that you're, if you use this right now, you are locked into Asus's ecosystem. And right now, Asus's quality control is so bad that there is a decent chance your motherboard will fry. There is a decent chance that your motherboard will implement a form of overclocking. And if you're using an AMD 3D CPU, it might overclock to the point where it sends way too much voltage and pops the CPU. And then no warranty is then given to you because Asus's freaking customer care service is so bad right now, it can't tell its difference between a scam and a legitimate claim or a hole in the ground. It's, it's bad. Like right now, my confidence in Asus is just gone. It really is. I would not recommend getting anything Asus right now, 100%, which is a real shame. But that being said, we did also have some other comical overkill stuff from Computex, such as a four and a half slot GPU from PNY. First off, I haven't heard PN PNY in a while. Like, holy cow. Talk about a blast from the past right there. Whoo! PNY. I guess they've been doing well, huh? But four and a half slot card with a 4090. That's a lot of slots. That's a lot of card. So you thought your three slot card was massive. Don't worry. We can find bigger. We have the technology, whether you like it or not. <sighs> In other oddball news, Motorola has announced the Razer Plus another version of the oh didn't mean to knock the mic there another version of the motorola folding phone 
This time, however, they decided to make a few changes. First off, they decided that, you know, it's going to be best not trying to make it look like the old Razer from way, way, way back in the day. It's now more akin to a standard modern phone, which makes it look very similar to the Samsung Z Flip, but with a few minor differences. One of them being the entire bloody outside is basically one screen, which not gonna lie, is actually pretty attractive. I mean, wouldn't you wanna do that? Just go ahead, take out the phone up, get a few updates. GG, there it is. Well, easy, easy. Then inside you of course have a full size, what size screen is this? The inside of the phone is a Are they really not saying what it is? The front screen measures 3.6 inches. The inside screen is 6.9 inches. Well, now you have to buy it. That inside screen is nice. It's confirmed. That's it, GG, it's, it's, it, that's it, just buy it. It's nice. It, it got the meme number. <laughs> it is, however, a $1,000 phone, so it's gonna be out of most people's price ranges, and quite frankly, um, it's very difficult for me to recommend folding phones in general, just cause um, the inside screen is just so fragile. It really, really is. And it's just, ugh. You know what I mean? So for those who are looking for a folding phone, I'd say this looks like a relatively attractive option. That and also, quite frankly, I'm getting to the point of almost rooting for anyone other than Samsung because man, Samsung needs like a kick in the teeth. They, they, just, they just do. They're just getting way too arrogant in the way they operate. And they need some pushback without a doubt. Back to Computex, though, for a, for a bit. Actually, no, I'm sorry. We do have one other thing outside of Computex that was actually a new Meta Quest. Wait a minute. Okay, no, I got, I got distracted by its, uh, the weird way this was, this was listed. Thanks, Verge. The Meta Quest 3 has been announced. So it's going to be the new version of uh, their baseline headset is going to start at $500. It's going to have, there's going to be a higher end version later on and more information will be coming September 27th. I'm assuming it's not going to be available till then. Did they really just like announce this is going to be a thing that exists? Is it just like not out yet? Yeah, it's not out yet. They're just like, oh, it's good. It's, it's coming September 27th. What a tease. What an absolute just obnoxious tease. I feel like I've been played. Ugh. You know what though? Maybe it is it is good I cover these sort of things. These kind of like cheeky little I oh, we're covering it. We're going to do it. It's coming. It's coming. Oh my god, it's coming. Oh man, it's it's coming, man. Just because it gives me the opportunity to go ahead and just absolutely call it out. And it really does need <laughs> this kind of nonsense really does need to be called out for being absolutely obnoxious. MSI is looking out for you. As we know in the GPU space right now, the 12 volt high power connector is a huge problem and tons of people have plugged it in incorrectly and in fact, shorted out things. And in fact, on modular power supplies, it has been a big issue as well. MSI is now gonna be using a two color system and this will do two things. One, it'll show which end needs to be in the power supply and which one needs to be in your GPU. And two, it does also cover one basic thing. If, you, if you're plugging it into your GPU and you see any color, 
It's not in all the way. That's all we needed. Now let me rephrase that. That's all like most people needed. Like that's really it. Just anything to show us. Yep. That's all. It, 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 it in. It in. That's it. You did it. You cracked the code. In other PSU news, we have a 2,500 watt power supply from FSP, a company you most likely have not heard of because they're kind of like a big manufacturer and then other people put, slap their name on it, that kind of thing. Or they're more well-known over in Europe. This 2,500 watt power supply though, you're not gonna see it over here in the States because here's the best part. You know what's gonna happen before you hit the 2,500 watt cap on that power supply? If you tried using it here in North America, do you know? You're gonna pop your own breaker first. It's not considered like guaranteed, but for the most part, any kind of, um, you on 120 power, 120 volt, 1500 watts is like the theoretical max. At least that's what I've been told. I'm not an expert in power, but because of that, you need, you actually need to use this power 240 volt or 220. I forgot which one it is, but you need to use one of the two. <laughs> it's, this is what our, this is what it's come to now. We need to go ahead and have uh, 220 wired in houses just for the gaming PC. It's absolutely crazy. A data apparently also has uh, makes power supplies. Did anyone know that A data actually made power supplies? Although they make it under the brand name XPG. So now you know to keep away from XGP. <laughs> apparently the 1600 watt titanium GPU can run four 4090s all simultaneously just because it can. Why? I don't know. Do you need this kind of power? No. Do you want it though? I can see you over there. You're thinking number go burr. That is exactly what's going through your mind. I can see you back there. I can read your mind back there and just going, yep, number go burr. Someone in chat says 8K ray tracing. You know, that'd be nice if it weren't for the fact that four-way SLI is no longer supported. So it's even more worthless than usual. <sighs> this is all we can do is just sigh. What we really wanted, we really wanted the crazy, crazy, insane numbers. If you want some insane numbers though, how about the Straycom SG10 passive cooling case? A case using phase change cooling and a passive radiator to have your entire computer be silent. What else can you say about that? It's just, it's kind of amazing in a terrible sort of way. Now, you also can hook up to a, apparently RTX 4080 to this thing. The massive passive radiator on the top can handle up to 600 watts of cooling. And it does all of this just through phase change cooling. By the way, it, incredibly, incredibly impressive. There's no other way to say that. However, at some point you do have to ask yourself, is it really necessary? I mean, I want it. It's probably gonna cost like a thousand dollars and setting up the whole thing is gonna be an absolute nightmare. But in the end, it will all be worth it just to have an absolutely silent gaming PC. Even though there's a decent chance it'll be so quiet that you can hear the liquid boiling. That'd probably be weird. Someone comes over, why is your, why is your computer bubbling? But eh, don't worry about it, it does that. It absolutely does that. Inwin is speaking of crazy concepts. They are showing off a 100% modular 
case system so that you can just go ahead and build up your 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 case however you want you want it to all be radiators go for it you you want some drive bays go for it you want to go ahead and build a system on top of a system go for it you want to go ahead and be silly and make a chandelier of computer cases and have all four going at once sure go for it is it all absolutely insane yep are you gonna do it most likely that is just uh, it is absolutely unnecessary it is absolutely insane but you know what welcome to computex this is what it's all about these kinds of out there crazy computer designs that it's just like you know that's not necessary but i want it I think we're just going to push through and actually get to the weird stories now, all right? Such as all the talk about AI, one of which is rather fascinating. For you see, there is something called the National Eating Disorder Association, all right? Everyone right now wants to cut on employees. They are absolutely worried about their costs. There is the concern of a looming recession, and it's... It's concerning. Everyone's trying to cut costs, all right? The National Eating Disorder Association figured we can go ahead, have fewer people on the phones, and have an AI chatbot do all the motivational speaking for us. Uh, on its face, not a bad idea, right? Just go ahead, be helpful. Throw the large language model at it. Save money. Embrace AI, we're looking to the future. We are thinking ahead. Take a guess how long this lasted. The AI chatbot was taken down in one day. Later in the day, they did the test. They took it down and decided, I don't think we're gonna completely replace our human associates at all. Because the AI bot decided that to help people, it was going to harm people. And it was giving terrible advice such as offering people with eating disorders uh bad health advice or destructive criticism or just straight up according to some people i can't confirm that it actually happened to just straight up unalive themselves i can't find corroborating evidence of that one but the other two are true and needless to say i don't think ai is ready for the mainstream quite yet at least in the terms of self help it turns out that was in fact a terrible terrible idea but while at the same time that we as people contemplate if ai is the way forward or not we begin to wonder maybe we should be more artificial and apparently somehow the fda agrees that elon musk's Neuralink should be approved for human study of brain implants. Oh boy. Are you excited for the, are you ready for the Elon Musk based uh, psycho cyborgs to, uh, to go absolutely mad? <laughs> I mean, I kid obviously, but like really the FDA is on board for this? I guess we'll get some popcorn and see how this goes. Cause man, We'll just, we're just going to see, um, we're going to see how well this goes. <sighs> Someone in chat says, so we'll have a cyborg that can almost cross the street. You know, compared to some co college campuses that I've, uh, had to deliver to, that would be a huge, huge upgrade. 
And we have this headline that I wished was true, that a rogue simulated AI drone never turned on its masters after all. A US Air Force AI chief said he misspoke and he has never actually run an experiment where an AI powered drone turned against its masters. The original story was in fact that a AI powered drone attacked the control center that was controlling it in an attempt to turn against its masters in an ex in a self-isolated experiment or a simulation. But according to the Air Force, it's never actually happened. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, all right? To, to say that I think like Alex Jones is extremely far from the truth, I try to report on things as I see them and try to expand upon stories based on what I know. And here's what I know. If the Air Force says that something never happened, you are going to say it never happened, when in actuality, it probably means it actually did happen. There's also one other thing to keep in mind in all this. I'm willing to bet the simulation did happen. I'm willing to bet that an AI drone did in fact turn on its masters in a simulation. No one got hurt after all, because it is a simulation. I do believe, however, that most likely what it was, was just either A, some accidental faulty coding in the simulation, or probably more likely a practical joke from the coders to the people running the simulation. Because if there's one thing I know about any profession, no matter how professional it is, there is always at least one clown in all of it that is willing to go up to the line of taking a joke too far, but not all the way. And I could totally see some clown doing this. That's my theory. I have nothing to base this up on other than my own thoughts. Now, in the end though, let's, let's get away from the military secrets, all right? Let's instead switch over to more wholesome things, more things that are not um, weird or secretive. Let's instead shift our focus over to say, oh, I don't know, a tech guy using AI to create a virtual version of his girlfriend so that she can that she can send romantic voice notes and selfies whenever he wants. Is it cheating on your girlfriend when the person you're cheating on your girlfriend with is first off not real, but is also a simulation based on your actual girlfriend? There's the real question we need to ask ourselves in all of this. <laughs> I don't know what the answer is. <laughs> Someone in chat says it's not cheating, it's vomiting. <laughs> It's, uh, it's bizarre. We'll, we'll just say it's really bizarre. So when a chat says anime is real, it's cheating. Okay, there we go. Now we got it. I guess in the end, it really doesn't matter. If she's okay with it, then I'd say it's fine. If, if she's just tolerating it, I would say, please go tell him. It's, it's okay if you think, it's okay, ma'am, if you think this is weird. You, you can speak. Trust me. It's, it's much healthier that way. Talking is healthy. But in the end, we're just going to look at it and say it is very bizarre. But not quite as bizarre as, um, as Russia looking for any reason to take the focus off the war in Ukraine. Since it's, you know, going so well for them, TM. And have, um, you know, Mr. Vladimir Putin launch the cyber championship in Russia. 
but then the most popular game in Russia being CSGO is completely banned from said cyber championship because people in CSGO have been doing very public displays of anti-Russia statements for, you know, invading Ukraine. <laughs> you just can't, you can't make this up. You, you, <laughs> I'm trying like, what would be an equivalent here in the, in the state? I can't think of a good equivalent here in the States just because I'm like out of touch with what I'm very out of touch here in the States with what is, um, the most popular games just cause I try to be on the fringe. I try to go ahead and play weird and unusual games because they're more entertaining on Twitch. So it'd be like what banning is Fortnite still popular. I don't think it pop it's popular anymore. Is it Valorant? No, no, actually it'd be league. Wouldn't it? It would be league of legends. That would be like, if that was just banned in like some kind of massive esports competition. Yeah. Just no league. We're going to go play all the other ones. Just no league. That's it. It'd be weird. I'd be like, what are you doing? So you, you do you, Russia. Let me know how that works for you. Now, while Russia contemplates their life, let's look over to China, who went ahead and had, I would argue, one of the best things to have ever been made for McDonald's, at least in recent memory. For you see, McDonald's over in China is celebrating... What are they actually sell? So what is the actual thing they're celebrating? The 40th anniversary of the chicken nuggets premiere. So 40 years of the chicken nugget. And how do they do it? How do you celebrate 40 years of nuggies? You create a little, chi little electronic chicken nugget that plays Tetris. <laughs> this looks like something I would have seen in like, like God, 91. Like there were tons of like these little handheld, like single purpose games. Like Tiger Electronics was like one of the big ones, like long, long ago. Like that's what I would expect this to be. Like if this came in as a Happy Meal toy, I would be all in on it. Unfortunately, that's not what it was. This was sold separately. And in fact, sold out within a matter of a few hours. And just, that was it, the end. But now out there in weird collectible stuff, you have a black and white McDonald's made version of Tetris that's just out there in the wild. And who knows how many numbers of these. It's just absolutely crazy that this exists. But with no, new go no good segue to this, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. This time around though, we're going to new technology in architecture. It's one thing to talk about electronics. It's one thing to talk about computers. There's, it, they're, they're all fantastic, but technology is everywhere, including in methods to create building materials. Or it could just be an excuse for me to just chuckle at the key ingredient in this new building material that they're using for a sturdy house. Ladies and gentlemen, the special ingredient in this house is dirty diapers. <laughs> never before, never before have I had so many questions and wanted so, so few answers. Look, I get it. Okay. I, I trust me. I get it. You know, 
soil diapers obviously is just a massive waste okay it's single use you throw it out it rots very slowly it is just a massive waste so if you can find a way to turn it into building materials why wouldn't you it, it makes sense from that perspective but please for the love of god do not ever ever tried to tell me do, please never tell me if any kind of dung baby human or otherwise was ever used in the construction of my next house please the last thing i'd ever want to know is just what is the smell of this house going to be on a humid day folks that is going to do it for this episode of eagle eyes on tech thank you so much for listening and i do encourage you to check out the daily podcast the early bird briefing we're trying to make sure the episodes get up but it's it just seems to be hit and miss whether they accept an upload or not it's becoming an absolute nightmare we are looking at the problem we are looking to switch providers it's it's just all an ongoing process i'll be updating you everyone hopefully this uploads for that fact but in the meantime check out my twitch page twitch.tv slash eagle falcon take care and hopefully i'll see you then good night everyone good night So what kind of diet leads to the best kind of poop to build these houses? I think that's the real question we need to start asking ourselves. Do we need to start um, feeding our newborns very specific kinds of baby food so that the manure inside the diapers is best suited for building construction? Like, uh, how are things going to, like, change in all all of this? Like, that's the, the real question we need to start asking ourselves. Or hear me out just never ever bring this up with me ever again now if you excuse me i'm just gonna not gonna eat for a week because man um i lost my appetite forever <laughs>